0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of What the Fuck is Wrong with You People. This one is What the Fuck is Wrong with You Movie Reviewers. I'm talking in general. I'm talking about people my age, people slightly older, people slightly younger. And... Uh, fuck, I guess I'm just talking about a lot of movie reviewers, you know, it, it doesn't really focus on age, I guess, although with the entrance of YouTube into the idea of influencing whether people will see or go to a movie, um... I mean, it's taken the shift away from, uh, corporate dominated movie reviewers, right? And created a new section of movie reviewers of dumb fuckers who review movies without knowing anything about film or cinema or story construction And yet go off and expound as if they've got two fucking brain cells to rub together. And I'm not going to mention anyone specific because there are a couple people I really like. And they review movies without a fucking, and TV shows without a fucking brain cell between the two of them. So, or three or four, however, maybe there are just one of them with split personality disorder. Anyway, uh, (laughs) first things first, it's so bad, it's good does not refer to every goddamn fucking movie out there. In fact, there's a movie reviewer who, in general, hits the nail on the head as far as giving concise synopses, whether or not he enjoys the movie. But he does not understand the phrase, it's so bad, it's good. And I want to fucking throttle him. He's got great production value. Uh, short movie reviews in 4 to 10 minutes uh, which is (laughs) a lot better than me I'll just start rambling off at the mouth I mean unless I have a good script Uh, you know or or whatever Um, this dumbass refers to any movie with a low budget as a bad And then he says, but it was good, so it was so bad, it's good. No. No, budget does not equal good or bad. All right? Corniness does not equal good or bad. And let me bring up Batman 1966. They call it Batman 66. It's just, you know, Batman to people growing up. But a lot of them just call it Batman 66 or Adam West Batman, right? It's not so bad, it was good. A lot of modern reviewers are now tagging it as it's so bad it's good. Same thing with Star Trek, the original series. Oh, it was bad because the special effects were terrible, but it was good. Shut your fucking mouth. You're pretending to be something you aren't by debasing something and then saying, you're providing that as an excuse for somehow liking it. Like somehow it being bad is a justification for you to like it while protecting yourself from any sort of criticism. That's really what's going on. It's it's like a psychological trick with a lot of these movie reviewers. Oh, I agree it was bad, but it was good, right? Shut your fucking mouth, alright? If a show set out to accomplish something and it accomplished it it's not bad period there's no butt coming if a show, a TV, a play uh, a fucking book even uh, a poem, whatever is out there if a creative endeavor, painting a fucking painting If it set out to accomplish something and succeeded in accomplishing it, then it is not bad. It accomplished it. Now, just because something accomplished something does not necessarily make it good. this is a kind of a tricky area where a lot of people get lost. Something that's good is something where it accomplished the effect of conveying a message while uh, eliciting emotion or doing it in a professional and competent manner, right? You can have shows that can achieve putting a message out there. Like Plan 9 from Outer Space, it achieved its attempt to putting a message out there. But was it actually good? Some of the performances, some, of the, a couple of the actors, they did, a, they did a good job. It's not reluctant for me to say that. They did a good job. Then you have other actors that tried their best and damn, Thor, he tried his fucking best, right? He was not a good actor. Trying your best does not make it good. His performance was bad. People had to help him through the scenery, right? You had set design. Or you shut the door and the whole damn thing wobbled. That's bad. You had a script that was disjointed. That's bad. You had editing that was poorly done. That's bad. At the same time, somehow it was entertaining. Plan 9 has a whole lot of flaws in it. That may get bad. And they weren't intentional flaws. I mean, I have seen intentionally flawed movies that are fun to watch. They're not so bad they're good. They are good. Because they accomplish everything they set out to accomplish. Reflecting movies like Plan 9 in a way where it, it's just funny it's a lampoon it's enjoyable it's good galaxy Lords I believe is what the the one I'm thinking of is it's like part three of a 10-part epic you won't see the first two parts and you won't see the last seven parts actually I don't even know how many parts came before it I have to look it up again like like where it's supposed to have uh, originated it, it, it's It's not so bad, it's good, because it was intentionally done with a very... It had a a good budget. Intentionally done to make it look like it had a... It was poorly done, but they were very precise in how they did certain things for the right laugh at the right moment. It's not so bad, it's good, it's just good. It did what it wanted to do, and maybe you don't like it, but a lot of people like it it's got a strong following and i mean it's just good it's funny it did everything it wanted to do plan 9 is unintentionally funny because there are parts that are genuinely bad genuinely poorly produced but it's still entertaining it's entertaining because people can see the love that ed wood had behind the scenes like that seems screwed up if only that's what that's what so bad it's good means if you're saying oh if only they had the money or the competency to do that correctly it would have been really good if only if only and then at the end you're saying you know what maybe even with all the if lonies the if onlys existed it may not be as it may not have been as entertaining because we wouldn't have been laughing at the poorly done parts to keep us through a simplistic generic plot. That's It's So Bad It's Good. Galaxy Lords is not so bad it's good. It's just good. It does what it's supposed to do. It lampoons. It it intentionally has a hero ...who is heavyweight and heavy set? The dude can act, though. They intentionally have him wearing a fake stash... ...a fake beard, a, a wig. You can see through the disguise. It's not an accidental thing. It's not an incompetency thing. They went out of their way to make sure that it did not fit him. That's good. Whether or not you want to admit it, that was done intentionally... The fact it was done intentionally makes it good. That's why it's funny. And that's where you get the laugh. It's like the Carol Burnett show. And yes, I'm comparing the level of comedy. Carol Burnett, what people often call the funniest Carol Burnett episode, she's doing uh the skit. She's doing uh uh A thing on Gone with the Wind. Okay, she puts on a curtain, making fun of the movie. Where what's her name makes a dress out of a curtain. Now, in, in the point of of what's her name of Scarlett uh, making a dress out of the curtain, is that she will not allow her will to be broken. Yeah, she's she's a slave owner, she's relatively ruthless, but her character starts developing away from the idea of owning slaves, dropping off, this is no excuse for her character owning slaves, mind you, but her character... Besides the idea of her owning slaves, besides that horrible aspect, horrible, flawed aspect of this character, of this woman, the world is trying to break her, and she says, fuck the world. She's denied a dress, and she says, there's a curtain, and there's material. She's denied this, this, and this. So there is a lot about that character and that development that's incredibly important to the story. And you take away you know you're not supposed to admire her for her flaws. You're not supposed to I mean I guess admire her anyway. You're supposed to look at this woman and look at how she survived and think, you know what I think I think that I could survive. Could, could If I was in that situation, if I was faced with my ideology being challenged, if I was faced with the world turning against my uh, glass house, would I be able to create a foundation for myself to go on? That's the purpose of Gone with the Wind. Now, I, I personally don't like the story, but I'm not going to say it's a bad story. Right? I don't care for the heroine but I'm not going to look at the heroine and say well, she did some things that were pretty fucking amazing you know, wow, that's kind of there's some sort of strength of character there it's kind of like uh, any of the terrible dictators you know, like you know, any of the, like uh, Julius Caesar he was, he was a terrible fucking person although something amazing arose out of him uh, his he was his life was destroyed by raids from uh, I believe they I believe it's the Phoenicians. Um, I mean, he he rose up. He wiped out the a lot of the, the Visigothic tribes. He wiped out the Phoenicians. He launched wars. Uh, but the fact is, he survived incredible amounts of adversities sent against him by the entire world. Like, who among us could change the world of course he also had allies who assisted him a lot of a lot of people out there have the world thrown against them and they don't have people there to support them um the uh scarlet you know so the whole point is i'm getting off track scarlet she like almost had nobody uh, but she still managed. She said, "I'm going to retain my status, even if I don't have my status. I'm going to have a goddamn dress." Well, Carol Burnett made fun of that by just having this curtain pole stick out of her fucking back, and went on as if nothing happened. And that was really funny. It's not so bad. It's good. It's good. Same thing with Galaxy Lords. They take some pretty incredible moments in sci-fi. Numerous sci-fi shows. And they make fun of it in a really... In an expert way. Plan 9 was... He screwed up as a filmmaker... Uh, But it still provided some entertainment. That's the good part. Um, But you can't deny that there were bad parts in it. And it accomplished its goals. So you got entertainment, both intentionally and unintentionally. And it accomplished its goal. That's so bad it's good. End of fucking story! God! God! Like, the vast majority of horror movies out there aren't so bad. They're good. They're good. They conveyed the story. You enjoyed it. Intentionally, in the way it was intended. There are very few parts where you're mocking it. That's not so bad it's good. That's a good story. You like a simplistic story that was done on a low budget and had a message that you thought, yeah, that's a good... That's pretty well done. It doesn't mean you like it because it's so bad it's good. You like it. There's nothing wrong with liking something that simplistic. That everything has to be fucking Shakespeare. Now this next problem I have. I just told you about it's so bad it's good. Stop misusing that term. The next problem I have are reviewers who think... They're fucking Shakespearean-trained plot analysis intellectuals intelligentsia. Stop it. A lot of you just like schlock. All right? It's fun to like schlock. And a lot of you, a lot of reviewers out there, they, they try to pretend that schlock is high art shut the fuck up okay just stop listen if you didn't get the message of terminator dark fate or the terminator series if you if you like if i tell you terminator is an anti-war series with this anti-war message where you are not supposed to want A war with Terminator. And you say, no, it's all about the future war. You're a fucking moron. Just stop talking about how you love Terminator. You don't fucking love Terminator. James Cameron has told you people numerous fucking times that you are fucking wrong. Period. End of story. He's the goddamn fucking creator of this franchise. He's done three movies so far. Direct involvement. You wanting future wars, the direct contrast to the entire purpose of Terminator. Now it's okay, you can enjoy it. Maybe you wanna see a little future war. Now there are some ways that you can have a future war where it's like the very first, it's like the first Terminator movie is not the first time any of it has ever happened. Terminator keeps rewriting its own timeline because that's the message, okay? You can change your own fate. And it's a it's an eternal battle. Of good versus evil right and war is evil that's the message if you don't fucking get that message shut up and I use Terminator as, a, as the main example here but it's for a lot of fucking movies and basically it's about the target audience If you don't get the target audience, if you don't understand the message of the movie, just keep your fucking mouth shut. You don't have to like it. Just say, it wasn't for me. Keep your fucking mouth shut. See, people bitch about Terminator, then bitch about uh, uh Thunder... Justice or whatever it is. Thunder Force that's the name of the show. Thunder Force is actually pretty damn popular it's getting a lot of really good reviews but then I see these these reviews they're comparing it to shit like Deadpool. Thunder Force is the worst damn movie ever. okay first of all you are not the target audience and you're bitching about women. I I don't I don't understand your bitch it's not hardcore really it's not hardcore it's for like eight-year-old girls and up and you want it to be fucking Deadpool I will enjoy anything I I, but I, I can even enjoy Paw Patrol okay yeah, if I if something's well done, nine times out of ten, I will enjoy it. Granted, there are movies like Ben-Hur where I'm like, eh, it's a terrible movie. But I will recognize, I mean, for me, I will recognize, it's actually a really good movie. I understand why people like it. Ben-Hur is, yeah. But um, there are scenes like the pro-slavery scene and everything else in Ben-Hur, and find out it's, it was written by a confederate. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so much that so much not to like about Ben Hur, um, like Gone with the Wind. As I said before, I hate Gone with the Wind, but I'm not going to say that it's not a well done piece. It's a very well done production. Uh, it accomplishes its m- message, so it is a good movie. Whether or not I like it, if you don't like something for little girls and families to enjoy. And you weren't the target audience? And it is actually well done? Show your fucking mouth. Admit that you don't like it because it's just not for you. Don't blame the movie because you're a dumbass. (laughs) Seriously. Do not blame productions because you're a dumbass who doesn't understand that you are not the target audience. Now, if you're not the target audience and the movie is still poorly done, or TV show, or whatever, you have every right to say, I'm not the target audience, so I didn't like it to begin with, but based off of just its merits, um, the friggin' scenery was moving around like it was Plan 9 from outer space. It was poorly done. So, Thunder Force is just primarily targeting young, young girls, and it's... A really basic story. So nothing's wrong with a story being basic. As I said about some basic horror films. You have basic stories from... Uh, that target all. All genres. All people. All, all audiences. Right? Thunder Force actually has some really good special effects. In fact, there's some things that I believe that I noticed... I don't know if they put Melissa McCarthy in a fat suit or if they just gave her really baggy clothing to make her look fatter, but during her training session, they made it look as if she lost a lot of weight. Now, in real life, she actually has lost a lot of weight. So this is like their debut as superheroes due to chemical altering. They, they follow through on a lot of their storytelling. The conversations between the two girls, I knew a lot of girls growing up that talked to each other just like that. And I know some women who talked to each other just like they did when they were teenagers. Those conversations were well-written. The actor actresses performed in a very, very professional manner, except for, oh, now I forget her name the older black actress, the African-American actress, the um, uh, the woman who creates the serum, she speaks like Claude Rain speaks in in uh, in uh, uh, Robin Hood. Um, and so this is basically a review of how you do it. It's, it's, she does not, she just speaks the line. She doesn't put any emotion. When she's supposed to be upset, she just says it. She says she's upset. And she doesn't Um, show that she's upset. That's like the only bad thing about this movie. The villains ham it up. Yes, they do. It's funny. It's not a spoof, but dear God, maybe my problem is I grew up in the 80s. And a treat for me was to go to the video store I would, where I would rent low budget, hammed up, and many times, bad movies. Because even a bad movie, even if it's a bad movie, like Plan 9, you can get some sort of enjoyment out of it. Uh, Plan 9 is so bad it's good. Well, there are some bad movies where they're just bad, but they still have a decent Decent thing, decent imagination-inspiring concept to come out of them, right? And people are bitching about shows like Thunder Force, which have a decent budget, and I can only find a couple things wrong with it. And the people who are bitching about are comparing it to completely unrelated and different types of movies. And I'm just using Thunder Force as one example to keep my podcast under 60 minutes right just stop it if you're one of these movie reviewers just fucking stop it okay just stop it and stop praising other shows and other movies for gimmicks the whole thing was great because of this gimmick no it's not Gimmicks are like M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's It's a twist! You have a twist come out of nowhere with absolutely no relationship to the plot. You have characters who just do things like kill a bunch of people and say, Oh, I feel sorry about that. No, no, that's a fucking gimmick. You have characters that try to be introspective while come continuing to do the stupid fucking shit that they're introspective about. No that's it's just that's bad design there's not that's not character growth. that's the Greek chorus speaking out of the character instead of the Greek chorus with no progression. This disassociated chorus is what it is. It's bad. People don't do that in real life. People don't behave in very poor ways. Or, or contrary to what they say they are, or, or make weird decisions, that, that, those are character holes. That's a bad film. That's bad storytelling. Just because it caught you off guard with something that's heavy doesn't mean that it's good. In fact, it usually means it's very, very bad. So is, if it's a heavy, deep plot development, chances are it's a fucking plot hole or a character hole. A prime example of really bad storytelling is Blade Runner 20-whatever-40-whatever-the-fuck-it-is, the The sequel. It's bad because Ridley Scott's twist of Deckard really being a replicant doesn't match any of the plot. He did it because he's an asshole and had uh, a huge argument with, uh, I believe it's Philip K. Dick. Woohoo! I got the name right. He's one of my favorite favorite writers, um, but I always screw up his first name. I got his name right. <laughs> I know. I know. Listen, I know. It took me it took me about fifteen years to get Mark Twain's real name correct, and I love Mark Twain. I've I've always read Mark Twain stuff since I was eight. Always oh, reading Mark Twain stuff, right? Fifteen fucking years to get his his name right. Uh, anyway, so Philip K. Dick he wanted his story to be adapted. Ridley Scott kept wanting to make his own. There were tons of reshoots because Philip K. Uh, Dick was saying, "What the fuck?" Uh, because Ridley Scott was doing what he whatever he wanted. Because the producers were saying, what the fuck? Because Harrison Ford was getting fucking sick and tired of it. The fact that Harrison Ford agreed to do a sequel of Blade Runner is fucking amazing. Because he left the set of the original Blade Runner saying he would never work with Scott again. He should have left it that way. There is no way for Richard Deckard to be a replicant, for him to be licensed to kill other replicants, for him to have been doing it for years, for him to have the memory and the skills of someone who kills renegade replicants, for him to be weak-ass human who gets his ass handed to him by the weakest fucking replicant out there, prohibits him from being a replicant it wasn't until rachel came along which is within just a handful of months because she was grown and created as an adult for rachel to be unique in having memories and the ability to communicate with people etc 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 she was the next evolution Oh, previous replicants were incapable of that. That's why there was a rebellion. That's the whole plot of Blade Runner. Dumbass motherfucker Ridley Scott wanted to make him a replicant. Philip K. Dick says, fuck no, because he's not in the, in the, in the story, in my original book. He did it anyway. By putting this stupid fucking dream sequence in there. And not telling anybody about it. Then after Philip K. Dick dies. He says. Now I can tell you. I saw that fucking interview. What a pompous little prick. I want, I kept it a secret for a long time. But now I can finally answer. Yes he is. And the whole sequence with the unicorn. And the thing at the end of the first movie. Is proof that he was a replicant all along. And only his best friend knew. Fucking Bullshit. He undermined the plot of the story of Blade Runner the moment he did that. And it was all because he wanted to have a twist. That's bad story writing. Because everything else built was built around the whole concept that replicants couldn't be what Richard Deckard what he said Richard Deckard was. So if they have a military killing machine, someone who can wipe out top tier replicant soldiers who live seamlessly within within the human society, someone who's talked to as if he's a complete stranger to Tyrell by Tyrell, Why the fuck is he suddenly the most advanced replicant there has ever been for over a decade? Maybe 20 years. Maybe 30 years. Or however old uh, Richard Deckard is. He was at least a cop for at least, what was, what, I think his bio said something like 20 years. He was, he was uh, on the force and a retired cop for 20 years. A retired Blade Runner. So at least for 20 years, he would have had to have been killing other replicants who were better, stronger, faster, and yet somehow he, only ha- he himself only has the strength of a mere human, but he has all the memories and thought processes and reasonings of a human without the desire to keep mementos the way replicants have a desire in order to build fake memories. If they had that technology, why would they need the lesser powered, weaker assed replicants on the front lines? If Deckard is strong is, is a better killer than they are, if he could wipe them all out, why the hell did they build the weaker ones? And why the hell would they need him to kill them off when they go renegade? Because clearly the weaker ones go renegade because they go insane. Deckard doesn't. Everything about the plot is undermined because Ridley Scott thought he was smarter than he really was. And that all ties in. I mean, that's a prime example of a movie... Where people didn't understand the fucking plot at all. They're tossed a twist. And they buy into the twist because. It gives me a different. It feeds into my paranoia. It gives me a different perspective. Most of the time paranoia is factless. And baseless. That's why it's called paranoia. Because it's out of the norm. It's out of the norm, out of rationalization, because there's no way to rationalize it. That a paranoid is about an irrational fear that's out of the norm. And if you're feeding into your audience's paranoia without actually being a movie about paranoid things, then you're usually doing something really wrong. And movie reviewers, will often buy into that thinking it's high art or intelligent movie making without realizing it's really not. It's manipulative movie making where if you look at the facts, you realize that doesn't make any fucking sense. So, if you can't understand those two things, and... The, the, then you just are not a qualified movie reviewer. It's so bad it's good only applies to movies that are legitimately bad. But somehow you find entertainment value in them. And at this point I'm going to say Rocky Horror Picture Show is a legitimately good production. The fact that people didn't like it doesn't mean that it was bad. There are a lot of legitimate good productions out there, which are not bad, that people just don't like. And secondly, it's just, a, the, I guess it's the basic overarching, overarching thing. Don't try to push an idea that you are more intelligent than you actually are if it comes to a topic you don't understand. Now, don't try to review something if you're not the target audience, if you can't respect the quality of the production. Try to focus on things, when you're giving a review, try to focus on real comparisons. You don't have to say that you don't, that you, you don't have to like a movie that is a high-rated movie. Because at the end of the day, entertainment is always subjective. A proper reviewer can give out non-subjective points like, was the set actually designed well? If the set's toppling over, that's an objective, it's not an opinion, it's an objective fact, a non-objective fact. Uh, that it's a poorly done set, right? If you have the camera cutting off the heads of the actors while they're talking, then it's bad camera work, unless you're in, the intention is to cut off the heads of the actors. If you like it, now that's subjective is whether or not you like it. If you like it, say why you like it. If you, if you don't like it, say why you don't like it. And you can be truthful. You can say, listen, like I did. Gone with the Wind is an amazing movie. Ben-Hur is an amazing movie. And I hate both of them. But you may like them for these reasons. Simple as that. You could separate the objective from the subjective. I mean, objectively bad sets are sets that fall apart. Or if you're in the middle of a goddamn... If you're saying, we're in the middle of a snowstorm snow and you're... It's like 45 to uh, 60 degrees in Phoenix and you're shooting there and there's no fucking snow. So, that's a, that's just a bad... That's bad. Bad script writing. Bad direction to- choice, Right? Uh, uh, an actor who's who's um, uh, uh, portraying the wrong emotion for the scene. That's bad directing. Or bad acting. One of the two. Maybe they're a really good actor and they were told to do something wrong. That's bad direction. Be very careful. You know. But you can have legitimate objective and subjective differences laid out in your review and a lot of reviewers need to start doing that and this is just my bitch about uh reviewers and i hope you agree you know and uh i hope you have a good day take care